Welcome to Doc Talks, brought to you from NerdWorks Media. Welcome back to Doc Talks, where I Doc Talk. Hope everybody's doing good today. Got a special episode 13 today. Um, something I've been trying to get across to people, and it, um, well, it just doesn't seem like it's working all the time. And so we're going to talk about it a little bit today. The opinions that I have are not a reflection of NerdWorks Media, d and I don't speak for any company or brand when I speak on the topics that I talk about. I think I'd give you guys another disclaimer there. All I do is use experience from playing tabletop role-playing games for a very, very, very long time. And a lot of them. Again, Dungeons & Dragons is not the only one that I play. And so we are going to get into that just a little bit today. Again, we're going to talk about rules lawyering. I should be kind of specific with this. When I talk about rules lawyers, I'm talking about a specific person. Just like you guys heard Mike talk about min-maxers last week. That's not what people think of when they think of min-maxers, so I think it's important that we define it as best that we can as well. So I am specifically talking about those people that would stop a game to quote the rules of any game. And we talk a lot about D&D here, but this is any game. There are quite a few games that have a lot to them. Dungeons & Dragons is not one of them. What Dungeons & Dragons has is an open Britain guideline format rule. I think it's funny that when, as an example, Jeremy Crawford, who was the lead designer, not the only rules designer, but the lead designer for 5e that we have today, says something in social media. Everybody takes it as rules is written. I've recently started poking <laughs> at some of the rules that are open for interpretation in D&D on TikTok. And in that, I make, I, I go looking for people who made different calls at their table and, and got a lot of flack for them because that's what rules lawyers do. Rules lawyers come and start talking about rules and it's their first words out of their mouth. Most tabletop role-playing games have the same theme, which is most of them say the same thing. That one thing is this. These rules are a guideline because they understand that the rules that they have, the rules that they've written, and the rules that they put out, they understand that the rules are going to change. Every rule system, at least the ones that I play in a lot, and I shouldn't say every, a lot of rule systems will come out with an errata. And what errata is, is that it's a follow-up to the rules. Anytime something changes, they come up with another errata. I am trolling rules lawyers on TikTok right now. And it's amazing to me that some of these people have quite a big following and want to put their foot down on what they think the rules are. So the first thing we have to understand is rules are open for interpretation. I agree that rules are important. Please don't ever think that you can quote me and say that I think that the rules of a game are not important, no matter what game you system you're playing. They're all important. What's important, though, is that the gameplay continues. I think very few people actually have a good time when they're playing a game and you stop for 10, 15, 20 minutes. You stop the momentum of the role play or the action or whatever it is. Because a rule needs to be talked about. And I'll give you an example because I've talked about a few of them. And I've got quite a bit of flack for a few of them on TikTok. And, And it's okay. Because I'd rather them do it to me, somebody who's been playing the game 
for a very long time who has met the creators of the game, played at their game stores, than to be some brand new DM taking their flag. I've done four, I think, so far, and and I'll cover them. The funny thing is the rulings that I'm defending are not my rulings, but rulings that other people have that I found on the internet that they're having an issue with. The first one I want to bring up is the targeting something in the air. Somebody wanted to target something specifically at the air, and the person said, no, you really can't see that point in the air. And I see this as a guy who has a mechanical engineering degree and went to school for mechanical engineering, took tons of science. I understand what they're saying. To find a specific point in an open three-dimensional system is nearly impossible. Me personally, in my games, I am probably going to allow them to pinpoint something. We're going to talk about one other thing on that if we get to it later, but I'm going to allow them to pinpoint fireball or certain spells on an area, and that's fine. It, it really is. But it's also fine if you're not allowed to because it makes sense. Another thing that I talked about on there was using different abilities for skill checks. As an example, using a charisma stealth check. It's absolutely fine. That was actually written in the rules. It's a variant, but it actually is fine. If the circumstance uses something more than another and you're trying to tell uh, the cohesive story means that it's cohesive so if if you're trying to blend into a crowd you're trying to read the environment i want your stealth check to be charisma based because that's what charisma does it doesn't mean that i'm right and the other guy is wrong for doing it wrong it just means that we have different interpretations of what the rules are the same as pinpointing a specific spot in the air we all try to get the most out of our characters mike talked about that last week and there's nothing wrong with that that is not min maxing you don't want a character who does things poorly, mostly because then the rest of the team's going to suffer because they're expecting you to do something. On the same topic of that, you don't want anybody who's going to take negative, or I'm sorry, take an ability score of 4 in everything but strength to get that 20 plus in strength. That's min-maxing, and that's the stuff that you got to watch out for when it comes to min-maxing. Rules lawyering is not knowing the rules or even bringing them up. Rules lawyering is once the DM has said, mm, you know, for now, let's just move the story. We're going to go with this and you want to continue to argue. That's going to be problematic at best at the table. If you're going to stop the game for 20 minutes to look up a rule, and I know some tables really enjoy that or Pathfinder wouldn't be a thing. But some people just want to see where the story goes or want to see where the combat goes. One of the biggest ones I've got on TikTok is I'm defending somebody who made the call that a dash action can't be used more than once in a turn the funny thing is the people that came after me for that one even to the point in discussion say i could see it from your point of view would never admit that my point of view is even valid and it's because they're under this determination that well you can use as many dash actions as you can get in a turn and go as far as you want okay my table does that but it doesn't mean that if a dm rules that you can only use one of your abilities to use a dash, a dash action once in a turn that he's incorrect either because the rules don't specify, yes, you can have multiple dash actions. The rules specify that you can use certain things to get more movement, to get a dash action, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it makes it more strategic. I would like to be a player at a table that 
little bit more strategy has to be used. We have to make sure that just because we bring up information to a DM does not mean we're a rules lawyer. I might understand. I'm probably going to understand the rules better than a new DM. And a lot of new DMs ask me to come to their table so that I can be there for information. I will tell you one thing that I never do at a table. Even if I know the exact ruling of a rule, I never want to say, hey, this is a yes, this is a no. I will give all the variables. I will say rules as written because we forget that sometimes there's rules as intended. And that there's, sometimes there's table rules. Now, it was brought to my attention that if you make a decision as a DM and you don't allow too much discussion, <laughs> that you're a tyrannical DM. Let me tell you about tyrannical DMs. Tyrannical DMs don't DM very much because nobody wants to play with them. It takes a few times and they weed themselves out. What happens, though, is when you disrespect the DM and you keep pushing, you keep pushing, you keep pushing, all they want to do is push the story a little further and, and, and make a note. And, and I agree that a DM should be like, listen, we're going to do this for now. I'm going to look up later. I'll let you guys know. And we'll talk about it later, you know. But you can't tell me because the book doesn't say you can't do something that you can do it. I'm sorry. And, and no rule is going to cover all of that. It's impossible. It, it cannot be covered. The dash thing has gone too far. And then I've been accused of telling people the wrong rules and that I'm stopping the game and all this other stuff. And what they really were arguing with me was they were rules lawyering me. And they didn't like that they were being called out by it, so they tried to turn it into something else. They tried to use um, a logical fallacy, which is, well, that I was telling you that this because all my posts say that all DMs are different. Right on it as a disclaimer on the, on the top that I'm doing. I have actually created videos to explain why I'm doing this because it was getting a little out of hand and I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I think people like to have their feelings hurt to have something to yell about, which is what it comes down to. These are not incorrect things. I just want to be clear that you can bring up, hey, the rule says blah, 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 and the DM should be like, yeah, but let's see where this goes because we're going to talk about one of the rules today is rule of cool. There's some argument about rule zero, so one of them is rule zero, one's one, one of them is rule 0 0.5. I think of rule zero as the DM's always right. The DM needs to make a decision, and the DM's got to move on. And that's just what it is, to keep the game rolling. That DM, if making a decision on something he doesn't have all the information to, or she, excuse me, I should not say he, I'm thinking of me when I say this, so I do apologize. When they make a decision on what's going on at the table, they really have a responsibility to look it up afterwards. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, question, how do I go about dealing with a rules lawyer at my table? I usually will tag one person who is the person that can bring up rules to me during a game when I get them wrong or they think I got them wrong. They're allowed a few moments to explain why, and then I'll make a final decision that time and we move on. Usually, there's two kinds of rules lawyers, why people become rules lawyers. One, the mightier than thou art or holier than thou art theory. I have read the books, and I understand them, and I understand the rules greater than you will ever understand the rules, young Padawan, so you must listen to me. That's one. The second one is the guy who loves to argue. Excuse me, I shouldn't say guy either. I have to relearn how to speak, so you have my fullest apologies. I'm catching myself, so I, I appreciate if you were thinking it. These rules lawyers need to understand that you don't come here to argue, and 
I'll be honest, I've tried to have talks with people like that afterwards in like different discourse, but I don't re- want to read a dissertation about why you think it's unfair that you got hit with feeble mind and you don't have enough in that stat to get out of it. You created the character and it happened and sometimes dice rolls happen. That happened to me. Like I said, I've been doing this for a very long time. And and I have. And and I've dealt with a lot of different kinds of people. I've dealt with rules lawyers, I've dealt with the people who want to be on their phones and then like want a full dissertation about what happened up to when they were supposed to take their turn in a combat and don't pay attention to everything. And none of these people are wrong. It's just my table is probably not the right one for them. Very story-oriented kind of person. If you find yourself, after a session, still arguing with a dungeon master, you need to do one of two things. And you need to do it personally. You need to make a decision to leave that table because it's not the right one for you. Or you need to make the decision that maybe you're the problem and that you need to stop. Most tabletop role-playing games have written right in them that these are guidelines. Uh, I will argue that most games are just a condensed version of some homebrew. In fact, according to the homebrew rule, all of them are homebrew. Just because they put it in a book form doesn't mean it's not homebrew. If that's the truth, then, it can be interpreted differently. Well, anybody who's ever designed a game knows that it can be interpreted differently, and that's fine. That's why there's errata. And and if you look it up, D&D has errata for the Player's Handbook... I don't know about the Monster Manual, but I know for the, the Player's Handbook and the DMG that there's errata out there that you can look up for 5th edition. There's a ton of errata for Pathfinder 1st edition. I think there's a little bit for 2nd edition. There's errata for almost everything. Or, like, Fate will just come out with a whole new book. These aren't what I'm talking about. Remember, I, I've always said that your table can't be toxic. It's funny that because I made these videos, I've been accused of being the dictator, which I told you about, but also that I am toxic and I'm a red flag DM. (laughs) Okay, I'll take that. I'd rather you look me up and understand what kind of DM I am than just to accept it or not accept it. But if you need to be at a table where the rules, exactly as they're stated, the spells, exactly as they're written, is what happens, then you don't understand... What I think is one of the more important rules of D&D, which is the rule of cool. At my table, I use rule of cool like this. It doesn't matter what happens as long as the end result does what the spell, and I'm using spells as an example, will do. Or your attack will do. Or whatever will do. I'm not a show your work kind of guy. I'm really good at math but I refused to do homework in high school. Still got 100% on all my tests because I understood it. It doesn't matter how I got there, and that's always been my interpretation of it. What matters is that I get the answer right. It doesn't matter what happens, as long as you get the answer right. As long as the, the final thing is what happens, then it doesn't matter how much flavor you put into it. And since we're talking about spells, somatic components and verbal components are not in the book. Let me rephrase that before some rules lawyer goes off on me. There is nothing in the book to tell you what they need to be. You can make them up. And that's fine. I just think that people get so stuck on the rules that they forget to have fun with the game. And they get so stuck in the rules and they want to win D&D. Those are the people that I think I have the hardest time dealing with. 
I need to dash three times around. You don't understand because to do that, then I have to do this and then I get that. I'm not telling you that it's not a good thing. And at my table, you're more than welcome to do that. But if I'm at a table where the DM decides you get one dash per round and it doesn't matter how you get there, I'm not going to argue. Also, I think that, again, I think that would be fun. It would have a little bit more strategy involved in the game. I don't have to use my action to dash. I can use my bonus action to dash, and I can still attack or do whatever I was going to do. Rules lawyers make the game unfun. They really do. I have seen more tables destroyed by rules lawyers at Gen Con, at Emerald City Comic Con, all these other places that I've helped with D&D or other games with. I have watched them destroy tables because people were just having a good time and they literally locked down the game. It's sad, really, because they think they're doing a service to somebody. One of the comments I got on TikTok was, well, it's uh, you would rather play on a bad call? And I pointed out that bad calls are part of every game. Only recently have we had replays in baseball. Very few people understand that only recently have we had replays in football. When I played games in high school, and I know I'm old, I was always told that bad calls are part of the game, and that's fine. But we've... I don't know, we're at a point where I care if somebody who's being paid $3 million got a bad check where the ball was supposed to be placed on the field. I don't understand it, and I think we're getting past the human error aspect of this. Also, restrictions are not bad. The arguments that I'm seeing from my TikToks are pretty clear. It's... Because you won't allow my character to be the end-all, be-all god of this kind of thing. Fun should rule all. Rules are important. I really don't want us to get away from that. I think that story is important, but rules are important as well. And I think they're equal. I don't think rule of cool overruns rules. I also saw somebody talking about home brewing or doing table rules about... I'm going to jump out of the window of this house and land on an enemy. And they told me the wording that they used was, it's not in the rule. The way I interpret the rules, it is. There might be a couple of rules in there. An insight to figure out where you need to jump through the window exactly to jump down on top of the enemy. Maybe, maybe just a straight intelligence check. There's definitely a dexterity check to get over that ledge and out the window. Or even an athletics check to push off hard enough to land on what you want to land on. I played since 2nd edition. One of my favorite things I ever did was jump out of a house, land on a minotaur, drive two daggers into a shoulder, and a halfling literally drove a minotaur like he was driving a bobcat. The heavy machine bobcat. Two hands on the daggers, left and right. And I got to try to make athletic checks to like give him disadvantage. I thought it was pretty neat. I do remember that I had to make an athletics check and an intelligence check and a dexterity check to get out that window and land on them. And I'll be honest with you, I'm one of those people like, I want one of these to fail because that's good story. I can't put how good I am on D&D on a resume any more than I can put my, my kill-death ratio of Call of Duty on one of resumes. There's very niche market that you can do that. Hospital administration, they don't care. We need to learn to flow with the rules a little bit, to use that rule of cool, to understand that the DM is under pressure, that they're human and they're trying to understand it, or 
again, like me, I'm not over-exaggerating when I say how many different game styles I can GM and how many I've ever played. It's funny how much all of them use almost the same wording for things like spells or abilities or effects, and they mean different things. So every now and then, even I need to be reminded of that. Nobody's flawless. But when I'm in the middle of the game and I say, uh, make me a wisdom check, or excuse me, a will save, and somebody goes, there's no will save. Oh, you're right. I, I can't be like, oh, well, we're making a will save and here's what it is. It's going to take longer. I need to realize at that moment it's a wisdom save. But when we're talking about, like, finding a specific spot in the air to cast a spell, you're talking about things the rules don't cover. And the DM that you're trusting to run the game, and you should be trusting them or you shouldn't be at that table, you need to trust them to make a decision that's worthwhile. And if you have a problem with it, you bring it up once afterwards. But don't keep beating it. Just accept it as a new rule and move on. If they're doing it on purpose or all these other toxic things, of course, that's absolutely incorrect. The exceptions do not make the rules, though. I am not talking about the exceptions to the rules. I am talking about the rules themselves. A good DM who cares about their characters, who cares about the storyline, makes a call that you don't agree with, you bring it up to them, they say, I see your point, but I think we're going to go with this. I'm asking you to accept that. I, I really am, especially when the rules aren't clear on if you can or can't. And don't tell me they are because they're not written in there. I think that's an amazing thing, and it's a rules lawyer thing to say. If you're going to come to me about why you think something should work, I, I would encourage you at my tables, don't come to me with the rules. Come to me with something else. Somebody said on my other app over here that rules interpretation, I'm going to read it. Rules interpretation is almost like denomination and religions. That is an amazing thing. We all play at tables that make exceptions to rules or have house rules. And most of the time they're discussed amongst the players or the DM says I had this and I'm bringing it. We don't play any games as rules as written. We play them as rules as intended. We all forget about that. Uh, everybody wants to look at Jeremy Crawford as the D&D god. Okay, let's do that. Jeremy Crawford said that you need to have a good balance between rules as written and rules as intended. No matter how much sage advice that he's ever done, by the way, sage advice is not an errata. It's not interpretations. It really is Jeremy Crawford's lead designer, who that's a lot of clout, I'll give you, giving his interpretation of rules. And he said that. But like everybody needs to be careful that you can't, like, I'm going to destroy everything because Jeremy Crawford or Doc or... Somebody, Adam, that I'm talking to says it. We need to be super careful on what we do at our games. We need to be very careful that we don't become a rules lawyer. A rules lawyer is not somebody who knows the rules. Is not somebody who brings up the rules. It's somebody who decides to keep fighting the rules, using the rules, and only the rules, once a decision has been made. And I'm not saying the rules are not important. I want to say that again. I want to be very clear. The rules are important. The rules and the story are equally important. There's a good balance between the two of them to play a game like what we play with tabletop role-playing game. If you start doing podcasts or live streams to tell a story, that's different because now the story becomes the big thing. Nobody's watching. Well, I take that back. There's probably some people, but not a lot, that are watching for the rules of the game than they're watching for the story of the game. Entertainment 
versus rules are, is another thing altogether. Make sure that you know enough to understand that rules is written and rules is intended and, and balance those. Also know, and I want to say this again, this is really clear. I don't know how else to put this. Just because a book says that you, if the book does not say that you can or cannot do something, then it is up for interpretation. Now you may interpret that as, well, this says that I can do this, this says I can do this, this says that I can do that. But, ragey boy, I'm already worried about this one. I am the resident rules lawyer on retainer at my table. I like that you're on retainer. Of course. And this is not a rules lawyer, though, Ragey. This is somebody who understands the rules who's there. And, and you're being used for your knowledge, which is great. It's amazing. I wish more DMs were more comfortable and not prideful in that. The people that I've been talking to are very prideful because they think they have the right answer and they're yelling at me about what I said. And they're like, oh, you said the wrong interpretation when all they want to do is argue with me. They don't care about the players who are looking at They don't care about the new people or they would have started their conversation off that way. They start their conversation off all the way as just you're wrong. Maybe rule of cool should be the final decision in a 50-50 call. I disagree. Rule of cool is way different. Uh, rule of cool... To me, as long as the end result, the and, and again, I'm using spells as an example because that's a lot of our rule of cool, but we can do it with attacks and anything. As long as what's supposed to happen at the end is what happens, who cares how you get there has always been my argument. Rules and expectations, this is different too. If you have an expectation at the table and you haven't stated it, then you don't have an expectation at the table. Even if it isn't in the source materials, I always tell my new players to build a character they think is cool. I agree with that. I always tell my players to, what do you want to be? And I want to be part of your process of building your character. That way we have the same interpretation of what the character can do. And I'm very specific in that. I know a lot of DMs don't. They take the lazy way out. I'll make whatever you want. We'll deal with when we get to the table. I want you to be immersed in the worlds, but a lot of my worlds are worlds that I created. And you're not going to be able to find source material on it because I'm still writing said source material on it. And that's just what it is. But I want you to be part of it. I'm also not beyond writing a new background or a new, a new class or a new subclass. I'm not beyond making what you want to be. And I am blessed because I know NerdWorks, Mike, personally. And if I have a question... If you've seen his TikToks, you know there's nobody better at assigning classes to ideas or races to ideas or whatever. If you don't know and you're watching this, check him out. He does sheets for people who ask him to do sheets to create characters for them. He interprets who they are as a person and puts them on sheets, and, and it's been amazing. If you're a rules lawyer, knock it off. If you have a toxic DM, leave the table. You control... The currency of DM by just not showing up or not wanting to play in the game. And I understand that we, we, and I've said this before, we are friends playing this game most of the time. Most of the time when we sit down, we know each other. We've been friends and we're playing a game together. And it becomes a little bit more difficult to do what you need to do. But the truth is, is when somebody is being bad, toxic, however you want to put it, it's okay to learn about that by leaving the game. Enough people leave the game, not enough people are playing, they can't DM, there it is. But if you leave the game and the game continues, and you know everybody else is having a good time there, then you knew that that table wasn't for you. And that's fine as well. And I would also tell you that if you are a huge rules lawyer person, 
check out Pathfinder. And, and I'm not over-exaggerating. It's just so much information that it's impossible to play without stopping at least once or twice in the game. It's, it's beyond 3.5 D&D, which is really cool. And, and I enjoy Pathfinder as well. I play it. I never argue the rules because I personally don't care. I just want to play. But I've watched games get shut down and watch people look up rules automatically because we have to read every single sentence and every single word and we have to make an interpretation. Whatever. Cool. I would argue that D&D is not that game. First off, the rules are pretty streamlined. If something comes up that hasn't been written in, it's already written in because it says that it's a guideline that the DM's guiding the game. And, and most of the rules, if not all the rules in D&D 5e, say that the DM is going to make the interpretation or the call of the rule to be followed. I did get a comment today. What if the DM's being you know, mean to somebody specific outside? You're talking about exceptions to the rules, and that should be shut down. You're playing a collective game together. Everybody's part of this. And if it is, everybody should speak up. I'm also not a fan of talk afterwards when it's something that affects everybody at the table. I've always liked things to be brought up at the table, personally. Page one of the DM guy, bottom right-hand corner. Thank you. There it is. <laughs> the 5e mechanics are pretty much designed to be as streamlined as possible. Yes. And you can get as streamlined as you want. There will always be things that you're not accounting for because it's impossible to account for everything. What I'm saying is, if a DM makes a call and you bring it up afterwards, and that's fine. Like, here's why I think it should have been a different call, and the DM still says, here's why I don't think so. Take it as an opportunity to be better for what you're doing. This is, after all, designed as a war strategy game. I know it's a role-playing game. I know we use it to tell stories. But that's not its original design. It was originally designed to be as clear or real as possible war strategy game. That's what D&D is. It's what it always is. If you can't love people because you think that their decision is different than yours and so it's wrong, you're not good people. And you need to look it up and learn to be a better person. And if what you have as the importance in your life is to be the best at knowing the rules of a game, I would encourage you to go out and find a better person to be. I've been there. I've traveled my life trying to be a better person and seeing things. And I'm at a point where now I hold myself to, to uh, uh, I try to get to a standard that I'll never be able to get. I'm also not used to what you've done there, Mike, and that scared the crap out of me for <laughs> We need to be better people at the table. We need to have more understanding. We need to allow everybody to be there. And we need to stop thinking that we're the best or we have the most understanding. That's all I got. I want you all to be amazing to each other. Love everyone. Keep it nerdy and live your dreams. Later. This has been a NerdWorks production.